Tom Kissingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a pretty cool theme song, though. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. Football is finally here, and guys, Sunday, I promise, Sunday is going to be better than that Thursday night debacle. Okay, I hope so. That's Travis the Beard. Hey, guys, where do we get virgin wool from? Ugly sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Not bad, Travis. Second best one yet. Second best one. Thank you, thank you. I am John, one game and straight into rebuild mode, Hogue, and this is the Super Flex Super Show. <laughs> I After- love that game. <laughs> After what was supposed to be a touchdown party between the last two NFC champions, one being the reigning Super Bowl champs, of course, many of us find ourselves in an early hole, fully on tilt, and with Bowels completely dislodged and rushing for the exit. But fear not, Superflex Super Friends, we can turn this around. Here in this second episode of the week, we'll be breaking down the rest of the week one matchups from a Superflex perspective. Who to start, who to sit, who concerns us, and who is all systems go. Let's get to it, and let's start with a potentially explosive matchup between the Patriots and Texans. Travis, tell us what's up. Yeah, so for for the Texans, you've got Deshaun Watson. Um, you basically have to start Watson considering what you spent on him, but this is also a very good matchup, and it's a, it's supposed to be the highest scoring game of the week. The over-under is 51, which is the highest of the week by a point and a half, so it could be a pretty uh, explosive game on both sides of the ball. So Watson's a pretty strong start. You're obviously starting Tom Brady. Um, I think that it's pretty much wheels up for everybody in this game. You've got Will Fuller and Lamar Miller. I would start both of them. Obviously, you're starting Hopkins. And then I think Chris Hogan, man, I'm, I don't know who else other than Gronk is going to produce in that passing game. I think Chris Hogan is essentially a must-start player this week. I think he could finish as a top-10 wide receiver for sure. There's only Philip Dorsett and Corderell Patterson uh, at, the right receive, at the wide receiver position other than Chris Hogan, so I think he's a strong start. And then the running backs, man, I don't know. I Rex Burkhead probably. James White might be usable as like a deeper flex type play just in PPR leagues because, again, they're hurting for pass catchers. So even Jeremy Hill might be usable, man. He could have three, three touchdowns, touchdowns coming. Yep. <laughs> week one. <laughs> All right. Look, I have Tampa Bay and the Saints, and – Look, the Saints have won six of their last seven at home versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay last year had the 22nd ring scoring defense. They also allowed the most passing yards against last year. And Brent Grimes, their top cornerback, is doubtful for this game. 
All that tells me is I am starting every single Saint that I can. The passing game should be uh, should be huge for for the Saints. Um, Drew Brees is my start of the week. Drew Brees should be an easy lock for top five quarterback this week, and I think could make a push for the number one overall quarterback. He's going against a team that, like I said last year, allowed more passing yards than anyone in the league. Now. Some of the other options there are very interesting. Michael Thomas obviously is a guy that you're starting if you own him. But what about Traquan Smith? What about Ted Ginn Jr.? These are guys that I'm looking for in my flex option. If I don't have a strong flex option or I have a flex option that has a bad matchup, I'm probably playing those guys over that. I want every little bit of this passing game that I can this week. So guys like Traquan Smith have some value to me. Uh, the Saints were 10th in total defense last year, and so Tampa Bay has a tough tough road to, to hoe here. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be starting the game with Jameis Winston serving his three-game suspension. I don't know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that I can start against this Saints defense. They were good last year, and they did a lot to improve their defense this year. So I'm, I'm not so sure that Ryan Fitzpatrick's a guy that I'm going to be starting in super flex leagues. You probably start him as a low-end QB, too, if you have to. Um, but I think there's probably better options out there. Tampa Bay, the one guy that I'm probably going to start is Peyton Barber. The reason being is because of I think if anybody scores in this game for Tampa Bay, Peyton Barber has a good chance at being that guy. Um, I don't really like a lot of the passing options here. Mike Evans is uh, obviously the top receiver here, and unless it's garbage time, I don't know what he's going to get you. Obviously, if you own Mike Evans, you're probably starting him. He's probably in your starting lineup, and I totally understand that, but I, I would temper my expectations with him. Same thing with guys like Chris Godwin and Deshaun Jackson. The one thing that I will say is that the tight ends did okay against New Orleans last year at times, and so O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait might be guys that you look for to start, and those might be the guys that end up scoring in this game for Tampa Bay as well. The Jaguars are three-point favorites on the road at the Giants. Bet the over. Blake Bortles is a sneaky start at Superflex versus last year's worst pass defense in the league. I'm starting him over Eli Manning, over Joe Flacco, over Sam Bradford, over Sam Darnold, and probably even over Pat Mahomes, believe it or not. Keelan Cole, green light, top 24 this week. Blake Bortles, top target, going up against defense number 26 last year versus wide receivers. I'm starting him over Sterling Shepard, Kelvin Benjamin, Richard Matthews, and even Marquise Goodwin, who takes on Xavier Rhodes. And Sammy Watkins versus Casey Hayward. Eli Manning, bench him if you can. He's going up against the toughest matchup for quarterbacks. The Jaguars match up very well at every position. On defense, I'm starting Trubisky, Alex Smith, Andy Dalton, and Case Keenum over him. And Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley. I'm giving those guys a yellow light this week. You drafted them to start every week, so you pretty much have to start them, but I'm lowering expectations. Beckham goes against Jalen Ramsey, who has shut down almost everyone he's faced. And uh, Beckham tends to lose his cool when a physical corner shuts him down. Saquon was okay, has an okay matchup, but he could get game scripted out of this one. The Jags' pass defense takes away credibility of the pass and makes offense one-dimensional. If the Giants' defense can't slow the Jags down, the Giants could abandon the run pretty early. All right, next up we've got Titans at Dolphins. This one has an over-under of 45. The Titans are favored by a point and a half. 
And Marcus Mariota is a pretty strong start this week. He's got a prime matchup. The Dolphins are pretty poor defense overall. They allowed the 11th most points to fantasy quarterbacks last season. So I'm fine starting Marcus Mariota. Corey Davis is a little bit risky, but I, I expect him to take over as the wide receiver one this season. And I'm okay flexing him despite Miami allowing the fourth fewest points to the wide receiver position last season. He should just see volume. Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, I think, are both startable in this one. Uh, the Titans, I, I fully expect the Titans to beat the the Dolphins pretty handily. Um, so Derrick Henry could have a grinded out role late in the game to pad his stats. And I think Deion Lewis has a role in getting the Titans that lead. So I'm okay starting both of those guys. Delaney Walker is pretty much a must start. Uh, but he's got a nice matchup as well. For the Dolphins, the only Dolphin I'm starting with any sort of confidence is Kenyon Drake this week. Uh, Devontae Parker's been ruled out, so Kenny Stills could have a good game as the de facto number one receiver. And the Titans have a bottom 10 secondary, so Kenny Stills is probably flexible. But I just don't I don't love the the boom bust profile there. But it's a good game. It's a good matchup. He could he could have a boom game this week. Um, Albert Wilson and Danny Amendola should both see work in the slot, but they're pretty far down the the list as far as flex plays go. Nice. I had the San Francisco 49ers in Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings, and this game was supposed to be Jarek McKinnon's homecoming, but unfortunately with the McKinnon injury, that's not going to happen this year. San Francisco has not won a road game in September in four seasons, so it's it's an uphill battle for San Francisco in this one. Minnesota uh, sports the top-ranked scoring defense from last season. Minnesota at home um, has a lot of fantasy options. You've got a lot of receivers that have value in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. You've also got Kyle Rudolph, who has value, and Kirk Cousins. And in the running game, Delvin Cook. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Delvin Cook gets a full workload. Here's the thing. My, my play of the game here is is going to be Delvin Cook. I don't think he needs a full workload against San Francisco to end up having a very good game. San Francisco was 22nd ranked run defense uh, last season. Uh, I don't know they did a whole lot to shore that up. So I like Delvin Cook a lot this this week. I think uh, even with a limited workload, he could still have some some really good numbers and be one of the top fantasy running backs this year or this week, rather. Um, for San Francisco, it's again, it's an uphill battle. Minnesota matches up very well defensively all over the field against some of San Francisco's weapons. Um, they're out with, uh, they don't have their starting running back in Jarek McKinnon. So it's expected that Alfred Morris and Matt Bereda are going to split the workload. Uh, I, my guess is as good as yours on which one of those guys week one ends up more fantasy relevant, ends up with more carries. From the sound of it, Alfred Morris is going to get this, the every um, every opportunity to be the bell cow there, but I'm not sure that that's going to work out. Whether or not that uh, means more carries for Bereda in this matchup will remain to be seen. But Minnesota's rush defense is very difficult to run against, and they match up really well against San Francisco. So for some of the 49ers, uh, guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, I would give a yellow light to. I would proceed with caution. Um, if you have a better guy on your bench or you have a guy on your bench with a better matchup that is similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, which is very possible um, given given you know certain rankings, um, you may have a guy on your, uh, on your bench, even like an Andy Dalton, that I think I would start over Jimmy Garoppolo this week given those matchups. So, um, yeah, and then looking at the passing options for San Francisco, it's going to be interesting to see. We're, we'll see the, the kind of the 
the target share here between Pierre Garçon, Marquise Goodwin, um, guys like that. Dante Pettis looks like he's going to be the number three receiver there. And we're also going to see George Kittle. Um, he's supposed to be ready for week one. I don't know how how ready, if he's going to be 100%, and if he's going to play a majority of snaps or not. So that'll be interesting to monitor as well. Um, but San Francisco comes in a little banged up, and they're playing a tough defense. I would proceed with caution on all of their starters um, to be honest with you. And some of the receivers, I probably wouldn't start. Guys like Garcon and Godwin, I'm probably not starting if I don't have to. All right, the Bills are very possibly the worst team in the NFL. Very likely yep. the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> They're at the Ravens this week. This could be a trap game, but uh, I, mean, I just don't see it with Nathan Peterman starting. As far as Peterman goes, not a chance I'm starting him against the second best defense versus quarterbacks last year he has no reliable weapons he has a horrible offensive line this game was meant for peterman so they don't subject josh allen to this horrible matchup for his first start Lashawn mccoy i'm red lighting this is a it, on paper is a decent matchup for him as of you know 2017 but his o-line got worse the passing game isn't a threat so baltimore can load the box and the 30-year-old back is already dealing with na- nagging hip and groin injuries. Pick up James Conner as a plug-and-play. Start Joe Mixon, Jordan Howard, Rex Burkhead, Peyton Barber, Jamal Williams, or Carlos Hyde over him. Joe Flacco has a tough matchup on paper again. Uh, last year, the, the Bills were fifth best against quarterbacks. So bench him if you can. It's his first game with a new wide receiver group. No need to throw a lot when the Bills can't force them to chase points. Game script should favor the running game. I'm starting Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton, Case Keenum, and Alex Smith over Joe Flacco. Alex Collins is the only green light probably in this entire game unless unless you play in one of those weird leagues that still uses a DST. Baltimore's a great play, but Alex Collins is going to be the only player that I'm at all interested in in this game. Michael Crabtree startable as a low-end flex in PPR. Kenneth Dixon, if you're really desperate, but ideally we give him a few weeks to come back from injury. Nick Boyle could definitely score a touchdown, but only take the chance in the deepest of leagues with no tight end options. All right, next we've got the Bengals at Colts. There's an over-under of 48.5, so pretty... High scoring game expected. The Colts are favored by three points, which is lower than it should be, in my opinion. That's probably just because of the uncertainty in Luck's first game back. Um, so for the Bengals, Andy Dalton's in a pretty good matchup here. He's a pretty popular streamer pick that I've seen kind of all over the place. The Colts were 19th against the pass last season. They're projected to be even worse this year. Uh, and then Dalton has his full slate of of receiving weapons all healthy at the moment, including even Tyler Eifert. So he should have a good game. Um, I am trying desperately to not start John Ross. I don't think most people are considering that, but he's got some upside, but I'm not expecting much in week one. Eifert is definitely startable. Um, Joe Mixon is essentially a must start. I I think he is finally going to be, it's a good matchup and he should get the majority of the carries for sure. Uh, Geo is startable, I guess, in a deep flex type of situation, but I don't love that at all. 
For the Colts, I'm rolling Andrew Luck out there right away. I know James probably agrees with me because he loves Andrew Luck and he's super confident in how he's going to look this week. No worries. Um, (laughs) He should be be 100% ready to go. That foot injury was nothing. He's fine. Um, That doesn't mean he won't have... You know some adjusting to do, but the upside's still there. I'm I'm rolling Andrew Luck there. I'm rolling Andrew Luck out for sure. Marlon Mack might be ruled out. I'm not starting him even either way. If he is ruled out though, Jordan Wilkins becomes a decent flex play. He should lead the team in carries and it should they should be able to put up some points this week. So he could have a good game. T. Y. Hilton I think is pretty much a start again every week, uh, except for you know when they play Jacksonville or Minnesota or something. But with Andrew Luck back under center, T.Y. Hilton should be back to his 2016 form. Jack Doyle is startable, um, but obviously I'm on the Eric Ebron bandwagon, and I'm starting Eric Ebron this week too. I think that he's going to be involved right away, even if he doesn't lead the tight ends and targets right away. Um, he's got the upside there, and either one of those guys or both of them could catch a touchdown this week. Wow, ballsy. I like it. I'm starting Eric Ebron in redraft leagues, man. I know you are. I know you are. Man. <laughs> I can't believe somebody owns Eric Ebron in redraft leagues. I own him in I, every redraft league. You know what? That actually he's my, is not surprising. Every, he's every my only league, tight end. He, he's my only tight end in several redraft leagues. Oh, man, that hurts to hear. Put your money where your mouth is, right? Yeah, well, your money's going to be on the waiver wire after week one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, guys, I have uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns for the second straight year. That's going to be the opening matchup. Uh, Look, Ben Roethlisberger averaged 61 yards less passing per game on the road than he did at home in 2017. So uh, there's definitely some regression on the road, and I think we've all heard that Ben Roethlisberger normally doesn't play as well on the road as he does at home. I think most players don't, but it's pretty significant with uh, Roethlisberger. So I would proceed with a yellow light with him. Last year, however, he did pass for over 260 yards and two touchdowns in this matchup against Cleveland. So I think that you can start him with a little bit of confidence for sure. But Cleveland's defense has gotten better, so it'll be interesting to see what you get out of Big Ben. Uh, The rest of the passing game, I mean, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think those are both solid starts. Um, This week, I think they they can both put up some some pretty good numbers. Um, It looks like Vance McDonald has been ruled out for the game, so Jesse James is going to be the starting tight end. I don't have any interest in starting Jesse James this week at all. Um, So I think those top two passing options for Pittsburgh are going to be guys that I would look at starting for sure. for sure there. Uh, as far as the running game goes, it looks like Le'Veon Bell's going to miss this one, guys. James Conner's going to get the start. Le'Veon Bell struggled in his first game back, and so did James Conner. Um, Cleveland really did a good job of shutting down the run last year in this game against Pittsburgh, and so I kind of expect a little bit of the same. I know a lot of people are high on James Conner and saying this guy's a start week one. He should get some volume, so I would definitely proceed with caution, but I would temper my expectations. I wouldn't expect huge numbers uh, right away from James Conner in this one. That's that's where I would uh, where I would kind of gauge his value as probably a, a running back, low end running back too, probably somewhere on the 22 to 24 range. Um, Pittsburgh is seventh in scoring defense last year in 2017. Cleveland is 31st. The interesting thing about looking at Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh had the 10th ranked rush defense. So you would think that Cleveland's probably going to have a hard time running the ball. However, when you look a little bit closer, you realize that Pittsburgh faced uh, didn't didn't have a whole lot of attempts against they averaged uh, opponents averaged 4.4 yards per carry um 
against Pittsburgh, and that's the highest of all the teams in the top 15 in top run defenses from last year. So basically it tells us that Pittsburgh didn't give up a lot of rushing yards, but they didn't see a lot of rushing attempts against. And I think that's because Cleveland, uh, or at least Pittsburgh, was probably pulling away in a lot of their games. They had a potent offense last year, and it was hard to keep up. So running the ball wasn't always an option for teams. I don't think that's going to be the case in this one. I think Cleveland keeps it close enough that Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb stay relevant. Carlos Hyde is a guy I expect big things out of now that he's healthy. Um, we'll see how long that is. But week one, he is healthy. I think he gets a full workload. And I think Carlos Hyde is a guy who I am looking for big things out of week one in this matchup. Tyrod Taylor is a guy I'm probably not starting unless, uh, you know, another option that I have isn't available. You know, if you have Carson Wentz and you didn't have Nick Foles, maybe Tyrod Taylor's a guy that you have to start in a pinch, but I, I wouldn't expect huge numbers from him. Um, Jarvis Landry is a guy that I would do like this this week. Um, I think he should put up some pretty good numbers against Pittsburgh, but it is a tough passing defense. If I'm looking at the Cleveland options, I'm looking at a guy who can score. So a guy like Jarvis Landry is a guy on my radar. Josh Gordon is a guy who's supposed to play limited snaps. I don't know that I would love him in this matchup until he starts seeing an increased workload. If you have to take a chance on him, I totally understand playing him. But just temper your expectations. Nobody knows kind of what his workload's going to be in his game there. Antonio Callaway is an interesting name. He looks to be starting opposite Jarvis Landry, so he'll be drawing some uh, some coverage that's uh, probably a little bit more favorable than what Jarvis Landry is going to see. But I don't know that the chemistry is there quite yet with Tyrod Taylor and Antonio Callaway. I've heard that they've missed on a few connections in practice, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get that going before this game on Sunday. Uh, the last option here that I'm going to go over is David Najoku. Um, I really like David Najoku an awful lot this year, but I don't know that this is a great matchup against Pittsburgh. We'll see, um, but I don't think that this is a week that I'm going to rely on David Najoku unless I absolutely have to. The tight end position, again, is very thin, so if you have Najoku, there's a good chance that you have to start him. I would just temper my expectations if I am starting him. I don't think he's going to be a top 12 play this week. All right, let's all come back together for a minute because uh, I'm sure some of our listeners miss the uh, the interactions between us um, that lead to people calling one another clinically insane dumb nuts. So this is a, a segment that we're going to do every week in our matchup show called Decision Makers. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna work through some uh, some processes every week to uh, help make some start sit decisions. So this week we want to arm wrestle between the two of you guys. What what I want is for each of you to make a case for a quarterback you're higher on this week than most. And uh, we'll start with you, Travis. Yeah. So I talked about him a little bit already. Mine's Marcus Mariota this week. Um, he's the consensus QB 13. Um, I just went to fantasy pros week one rankings just to see where everybody was at on him. So he's third QB 13 right now. And I just think this matchup is too good, man. I know he's not at home, but the Titans are still road favorites. The dolphins are, I, I expect the dolphins to be a pretty poor team and especially defensively. And Marcus Mariota has, uh, I mean, he's got good weapons around him. He's got Corey Davis, Richard Matthews, Potentially Taewon Taylor, obviously Delaney Walker, and then now he's got Deion Lewis to catch the ball as well. On top of that, he's going up against Miami, which, like I said a second ago, allowed the 11th most points to fantasy quarterbacks last season. And they've gotten worse defensively as well. So I think I think Marcus Mariota could be easy top 10 quarterback this week. Very nice. Okay, well, I'm going to go with... Philip Rivers. Um, I think Philip Rivers is a easy quarterback 
five, uh, top five quarterback option this week. He is a consensus quarterback nine on Fantasy Pros. I think he moved up to eight now after the Thursday games, but he was nine when I had checked. Um, Philip Rivers and the, uh, the the Chargers are taking on the Chiefs. They're at home. The Chiefs had the 29th ranked passing defense last season. This season, it's probably gotten worse. Their top cornerback, uh, Marcus Peters, has been dealt. And, I mean, I just saw the Bears' third, second-string offense score 21 points against the Chiefs' number one defense in the third preseason game. That defense could be really bad, guys. And I really like Phillip Rivers in this matchup. Um, I think he has uh, several different matchups that he can exploit, exploit on the field. He's got a lot of targets. Outside of Hunter Henry being healthy, they bring back Antonio Gates. I don't think this offense is going to miss a beat, guys, with Keenan Allen uh, healthy, Tyrell Williams and uh, Mike Williams all healthy and and bringing back Gates. The running game is still going to be good. I think Phillip Rivers is in line for a monster game. I like Kansas City's offense, too. I think this is going to be a high enough scoring game that Phillip Rivers is going to stay relevant throughout the game and continue passing. So I really like Phillip Rivers this this week, guys. I think he's a top-five quarterback, a lock for a top-five quarterback, may even be in the mix to be the number-one quarterback overall. So I like Phillip Rivers with uh, with where he's, where he's ranked, outperforming that um, pretty significantly. I love that pick, man. I wanted to go in and change mine to Philip Rivers, but you'd already taken him, so I'm fully well, on board with that. Yeah, and I, I I like Mariota a lot this week too, so I think it's I think this is an interesting matchup. I think John's got a tough decision to make here. Oh, this is yeah. So plus, weird. we just we just patted each other on the back. So I know. James or John has to come in and and bring some life to this. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to tell one of us we suck. And by life, I mean hate. You got to bring <laughs> so, some hate to this conversation. Yeah, somehow I've got to squash the fart sniffing convention here because uh, <laughs> there can only be one winner. And man, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I mean, I like both of these guys a lot. I guess I'll. Uh, uh, let me see. I'll go with Philip Rivers. Um, yes. it's, it's super close. I think that both of these How guys, dare you? I know, I know <laughs> I really wanted to go with Mariota just because I mean, so Philip Rivers is really chalky, but there's a reason for that because like James said, this chief's defense is horrible. And what tips his scale for me is just the fact that Philip Rivers is playing at home, uh, where Mariota has to go on the road. So, uh, I think I'm, that I'm the, just kidding, man. I'm on board with that. I think Rivers is the stronger start. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's tough because, I mean, I do think, I actually think that the Chargers have a good enough defense to possibly game script Rivers out of this a little bit. But, um, you know, until that happens, he could he could throw it all over the place. So, yeah, we'll go Phillip Rivers here. And, uh, but, yeah, the Almost the best case scenario would be you're starting both of those guys on the same super flex team. Yeah, yeah. One thing I'd like to note too with that uh, that Chargers matchup is that Joey Bosa was still seen in a walking boot as of Friday. There's a good chance he does not play. And I think yeah. that weakens that that Chargers defense just a little bit to where um, this game could become a shootout. So just just another thing on there that uh, that's that could could make it more offensive in that game. That's a good point, and in fact, Joey Bosa was officially ruled out. So, nice. upgrade Pat Mahomes a little bit, upgrade Kareem Hunt a little bit. Melvin Ingram is still healthy, but um, yeah, that definitely 
that definitely helps from a, a pass rush perspective more than anything. So, yeah, that's a good point as well. All right, so back into the matchups here. The Cowboys are at the Panthers. Dak Prescott has an okay matchup, actually, uh, believe it or not. they were The Panthers were 14th versus quarterbacks last year. Uh, the defense can load up to stop Ezekiel Elliott and give Dak some chances to take big shots. This could turn out into a shootout. This is my dark horse candidate for highest scoring game of the week. Dak will surprise people by spreading the ball around. I'm starting him. I'm starting him over, well, I started him over Matt Ryan. I'm starting him over Pat Mahomes, uh, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo. That is pretty bold, man. Yeah, I, this is a belief I've had about Dak, you know, basically ever since Des Bryant left. So we'll see. I mean, no turning back now, but there's definitely a chance that I'm wrong. But I think Dak is going to surprise some people, and I think it starts in week one. As for his receivers, though, Michael Gallup, Alan Hearns, Cole Beasley, I've got a yellow light on all of these guys. I'm I'm not starting them as any more than flex plays if – it, and if I have better options, I'm doing it. It is a juicy matchup. Last year, the Panthers were 27th versus wide receivers. But I'm expecting Dak to spread the love. My feeling is Beasley gets the most targets and catches. And Gallup and Hearns score touchdowns. Like I said, flex options all the way around. But no one stands out as, as a wide receiver too even. Um, much less anything beyond that. Even in a shootout. I'm starting Chris Hogan, Keelan Cole, and Kenny Stills over any of them. Cam Newton has a good matchup as well. Um, last year, the Cowboys were 18th versus quarterbacks. He's got healthy weapons, plus a de- the debut of DJ Moore. Get ready for a Cam Newton game. I'm starting him over Ben Roethlisberger, who's on the road, by the way. Road Ben is horrible. Andrew Luck in his first game in over a year. And Russell Wilson... Uh, on the road in a tough matchup. And then Christian McCaffrey, I'm yellow lighting. You drafted him to start, maybe even, probably even as your RB1, so it'll be tough to bench him. But Dallas was sixth best against the rush last year, and a shootout means lots of throwing, not a lot of running. Cam is still the goal line back and short yardage guy. Volume could be there in the passing game, but game script worries me. So I'm starting Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon over Christian McCaffrey. Okay, next we've got Redskins at my Cardinals. Over under a 44 in this one, and it's a pick game. There's no favorite. Uh, both teams have an implied team total of 22 right now. And for the Redskins, I'm not excited to start Alex Smith, but he's startable. Uh, the it's, it's a floor play, as Alex Smith usually is. The Cardinals should have a top-half defense again this season, but they did give up the 10th most points to quarterbacks last season as well. Adrian Peterson, I think, is a solid running back to start this week. I'm starting Adrian Peterson in multiple leagues. Um, he's the unquestioned carry leader on the Redskins now, and the game should stay pretty close, so I think those carries will will stay coming all game long. Uh, Jordan Reed is healthy, apparently, and he should be started, I think, as long as that's the case. Jameson Crowder, I'm I'm, I'm okay starting Jameson Crowder, too. I think he avoids Patrick Peterson. The rest of the secondary isn't that great. Paul Richardson and Josh Doxson, though, I 
I'm prefer, I would prefer not to start them. We don't know how those targets are going to be spread out. We don't know who's who Patrick Peterson's going to be covering. So I'm not in love with Paul Richardson or Josh Doxson this week. And for the Cardinals, I, I'm trying not to start Sam Bradford if I don't have to, at least for a couple weeks until we see him on this team. But I mean, in, in especially in Dynasty Superflex, you might not have a choice. Um, it's a it's a kind of middle of the road matchup, but I'm not I'm not trying to start Sam Bradford week one. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is pretty much a must play even in this matchup that's not so good for wide receivers. Um, he should also avoid Josh Norman for the most part, unless they just decide he's the best option and they just stick him to him. But Fitz is awesome. And the only other Cardinal, aside from Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, that I'm looking to start is Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, Jermaine, Jermaine Gresham should miss week one. He's been playing as the tight end one all offseason and preseason. I think he should get decent targets, especially from Sam Bradford, who likes to throw it in that area of the field and who happens to be pretty accurate. So I'm, I'm on board with starting Ricky Seals-Jones this week as well. Nice. Okay, so the next game I have is the Chiefs are going to L.A. to take on the L.A. Chargers. And this one I already talked about a little bit. Uh, I definitely feel like this is going to be a shootout. Uh, Phillip Rivers is a guy I absolutely love this week. I think the matchup is there. I think the passing options are there. And I think that he gets enough volume to to be considered one of the uh, the elite options in fantasy this week. So I'm definitely starting Phillip Rivers. I'm giving him the green light. Um, as far as the other options go, I think Melvin Gordon is still going to be relatively um, usable. Uh, I don't expect efficiency, but I never really do from him. But I could definitely see him vulturing a touchdown or two. So Melvin Gordon, I think I give a green light to as well. I think he's going to have a good game or be fantasy relevant at the very least. I don't think he's going to disappoint for where you drafted him, at least not this week. Um, some of the other options, Keenan Allen, I think, has an excellent matchup. There's no Marcus Peters there. I expect big things out of him. I would say he's a green light as well. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give green lights all around except to Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates is his first game back. Um, he hasn't really practiced very much. I know that he knows the system. I know him and Phillip Rivers have some chemistry, but I don't know how much he's going to play, and I also don't know that that chemistry just comes back right away. Uh, so I would say I would give him a yellow light. I think there are several other options that you probably want to start over Antonio Gates. Definitely 12 better. If you are really hurting at tight end and you have to start Antonio Gates, I would just temper my expectations. I don't see him catching more than, more than three, maybe four balls max in this game. Uh, going to the Chiefs side of things, it, look, this is really interesting. The Chiefs have won four in a row when they're playing in the Chargers home. So whether that's LA or San Diego, what like it was, uh, the, the Chiefs have won four in a row playing on the road against the Chargers. Um, look at guys like Patrick Mahomes. And while I, I definitely have some concerns with Patrick Mahomes and this past defense can still be pretty good, I'm going to give him a yellow light. I'm going to say you can proceed with caution here with Mahomes. I don't think you're going to have a better option as a QB2. And I don't think anybody really drafted him to be a QB1 in Superflex. So if you have him in Superflex, I think you have to start him as your QB2. And I think you're okay there. I think there's going to be enough volume there. And even if this game um, doesn't go the Chiefs' way, I think that garbage time is going to be a real thing. And Patrick Patrick Mahomes can rack up some some statistics during garbage time. So I think Mahomes is a good play. Um, I also think a lot of the passing options. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, one of the top pass-catching tight ends. If you drafted him, you're not sitting him. And I, I would say that I would give him the green light. I don't expect him to disappoint. 
Tyreek Hill is interesting. He's a boomer bust type play normally. Um, you know, he has been used on some short passes, some some quick slants, things like that in that nature. But with Patrick Mahomes, it seems like his big plays are going to be down the field. They're going to be on long passing plays. If he connects on just one, he's going to be worth it. And I could see that happening. I think Tyreek Hill is a green light as well. Sammy Watkins, I'm giving a little bit of a yellow light too. I definitely still like Sammy Watkins. However, I, I still want to see that chemistry between Mahomes and Watkins carry over in game. We'll see whether or not that does. I'm 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 hopeful that it will. And uh, and again, you know, with the uh, with this game, uh, me me thinking that this game is going to be a higher scoring game, I think Sammy Watkins can still be relevant there. Um, but the guy that I'm going to make my start of the game is Kareem Hunt. Uh, last year, guys, Kareem Hunt rushed for 327 yards and two touchdowns against the Chargers. He averaged over 160 yards a game rushing against the Chargers last year. That's insane. Kareem Hunt still uh, is, is going to be a big factor in this game, with this game being a, a high-scoring game with a rookie quarterback on his with, in his first game on the road. Uh, well, not a rookie quarterback, but really his, uh, I guess, his second game technically, but his first game of the season, he's going to be starting on the road. I definitely see them leaning on Kareem Hunt and getting him involved early and often in this game plan. And with the success that he had in the past, I don't see any reason why that can't continue. I think Kareem Hunt is in line for a very big game. I'm giving him a green light. I could see him being a top five running back this week. All right, the Seahawks travel here to Denver, and I'm going to try my best to keep my homerism out of this one. Here's the thing, though. Russell Wilson... The good news is the no-fly zone is no more. It's way easier to throw on this defense than it has been since Super Bowl Forty-Eight. The bad news is the pass rush is unparalleled. Russell lost two of his top, his top options with Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson, and the offensive line is still horrible. This actually looks like a low-scoring game to me, and I'm nervous about Wilson. He's still one of the top fantasy options in the league, but let's lower expectations for the week and hope that we're pleasantly surprised. I'm starting Cam Newton, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and even Deshaun Watson over Wilson this week. Chris Carson, though, obviously gets a green light from me. He's an electric playmaker. Had to throw that part in there. <laughs> Plus, he'll get plenty of work in the passing game as well as running the ball and could end up being the Seahawks' most productive offensive player in this game. Uh, based on volume alone, I'm starting Carson over Kenyon Drake, Adrian Peterson, uh, Tevin. I started him over Tevin Coleman, and I'm starting him over Alfred Morris, among others as well. Case Keenum is startable and actually has a favorable matchup here. Legion of Boom is history. The Seahawks can still get after the quarterback a little, though, with Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. The Denver O-line still isn't good, and if the Seahawks aren't scoring points, Denver can run the ball an annoying amount. Case Keenum could go for 250 and two touchdowns, making him a viable super flex play. I'm starting him over Alex Smith, Nick Foles, Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, etc. His weapons, though, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and actually Royce Freeman, I'm going to lump in here too. I'm yellow lighting all those guys. They're flex options for me at best. We're chasing touchdowns, essentially. The wide receivers have a good matchup with Richard Sherman in San Francisco. Cam Chancellor's retired. Maxwell's on IR. Earl Thomas uh, is just starting his training camp, in essence. But can the line give Keenum time to throw? I'm saying no, which limits the upside for these wide receivers. 
um, their touchdown potential. Seattle's tougher on the, tougher to run on than pass on, and in this first in his first pro game slash start, Freeman is going to be the focal point of the Seattle defense. He could score a short yardage touchdown or two, but if he doesn't, he might leave you hanging. Um, start Demarius over Baldwin and Cooper, Amari Cooper. Start Sanders over Jamison Crowder and Kelvin Benjamin, and. Royce Freeman over Kenyon Drake and Adrian Peterson. But I am starting Diggs and Thielen over Demarius. Uh, Chris Hogan and Keelan Cole over Emmanuel Sanders. And Peyton Barber, Jamal Williams, and Rex Burkhead. Um, I'm starting over Royce Freeman. Nice little uh, smattering of Peyton Barber love there at the end. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that, that one's option at me. best. <laughs> at best, Travis. Certain Rojo this week, James? Didn't uh, think so. <laughs> I, I I don't own Rojo. He went too high in my rookie drafts, and oh, I just didn't finish poor Rojo enough to ever get him. Yeah. <laughs> didn't finish poor <laughs> enough. Nice. <laughs> All right. So my last matchup of the week is Bears at Packers. Uh, this one has an over-under of 48. So, again, a pretty high-expected scoring game. But most of that's supposed to go Green Bay's way. The Green Bay Packers are seven and a half point favorites. It's the second largest gap of the week. Um, so for for the Bears, I, I think you can start Mitch Trubisky, man. It's it's just a really good matchup. Green Bay has been a target for fantasy quarterbacks for years. They did add two corners in the top fifty picks of the draft this season, so they're they're trying to get that secondary improve but it's probably not going to happen right away i think it's still going to be a plus matchup at least to start the season i think trubisky is absolutely startable he's got weapons all around him he's got a new creative head coach in matt Nagy. so trubisky i think is definitely a, a solid start um alan robinson is my start of the week this week the as i mentioned the, the packers are expected to pretty much boat race the bears in this one with seven and a half point favorites, which means the Bears will be throwing all game to keep up with the scoreboard. That might not end up being good for Trubisky. I think we usually don't like when quarterbacks are heavy underdogs. Um, but for Allen Robinson, it's just going to help with targets. So um, the Bears, like I said, the Bears should be better with Matt Nagy. Allen Robinson is the clear cut wide receiver one on this team. I think he's going to see a ton of volume. I think Allen Robinson could finish as a top eight to 10 wide receiver this week. Uh, Jordan Howard is a little risky for me and it's largely due to game script. He has a tendency to disappear in games in which the bears are trailing. The coaching staff claims they're going to leave him out there on third down and they might on some of them, but they're not going to do it on all of them. And that doesn't, and just because he's out there on third down doesn't mean they're going to, you know, game plan him in as the option on third downs. So I'm worried about game script. I'm worried about Jordan Howard. I'm worried about the Bears falling behind heavily and Jordan Howard kind of getting game scripted out of the game. So he's not a must bench by any means, but I'm starting Adrian Peterson over him. I'm starting James Conner over him. Um, Trey Burton doesn't have a good matchup on paper. The Packers allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to tight end last year, but I think he's still a decent tight end play uh, just because he should see volume in this game. And like I said, the Bears will have to throw a lot this game. So I'm okay starting Trey Burton as well. For the Packers, you obviously never, ever sit Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's not a 
Great matchup, though. Chicago allowed the seventh fewest points to fantasy quarterbacks last season, and they're still a top 10 defense coming into 2018. Uh, but you're starting Rodgers. Devontae Adams is a must start. The only other one, the only other Green Bay Packer that's almost a must start for me is probably Jimmy Graham. And that's just for the the touchdown upside. Randall Cobb should still be the number two wide receiver. He's startable in a flex capacity, but I'm worried a little bit about him just with his questionable questionable preseason usage. And they've had some weird blurbs come out about how they might not really be committed to Randall Cobb. Um, I'm avoiding Geronimo Allison. Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams both look healthy enough to start. And Jamal Williams, I, th- I think they're both flexible. I'm not super excited with either one now that they're both healthy. But Jamal Williams has the touchdown upside. Ty Montgomery has the PPR upside. So they're, they're both startable. But the Bears allowed the sixth fewest points to the running back position last season as well. So I don't I don't love those guys. But they're they're okay as a you know deep flex play. Uh, I have the next Monday night game, which is the New York Jets are in Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Uh, this game is interesting. Both these defenses were uh, ranked in the bottom third. The Jets had the 23rd ranked defense from last season. The Lions a 21st ranked scoring defense from last season. Um, I don't think either unit did a whole lot to get significantly better. So I could see a lot of scoring in this one. Uh, we'll start with the Jets. Sam Darnold looks to get his first ever uh, start in the NFL. He's going to be starting on the road in Detroit on Monday night in a, uh, a high pressure um, you know, nationally televised game. It's going to be a tough spot for him. Um, I, I think Detroit's defense isn't very good, but this is uh, this is high pressure. So we'll see kind of how he does. I would give him a yellow light. Again, this isn't a guy I'm starting if I absolutely have to. He's not a guy that I would rank in the top 24. So if I'm in super flex, I'm probably not starting him. But if you don't have any better options or you're stuck with a guy, you know, again, like a Carson Palm or uh, I'm sorry, a Carson Wentz, somebody who missed the game that you would traditionally start and you need to plug him in for a week. Um, I totally understand it. I would just temper my expectations a little bit. <clears throat> we'll kind of see what the Jets game plan is. Uh, it'd also be interesting to see the Jets running game. Uh, will it be Bilal Powell? Will it be Isaiah Crowell? What is going to be the carry sherry there for those guys? And uh, how are those guys utilized? Until I see that, I'm probably not starting either guy. I would give them a yellow light at best, again, if you absolutely need a guy. Uh, but I would think that you could probably even find better for your flex. Until you realize how these guys are utilized, I would probably stay away. As far as receivers go, looks like Robbie Anderson's going to suit up and play, and I think he's the guy to start. He's probably the safest Jets receiver at this time. You would think that the volume would be there after the season he had last year. That's the guy that I would start if I'm looking at a Jets wide receiver. Other than that, I mean, it's really difficult. Uh, Quincy Anunwan's a guy who I think could put up some decent numbers, but he's not a guy I want to rely on. So the rest of the Jets passing offense, as well as the tight end position, I'm, I'm putting a red light on. I'm probably not starting. I want to wait a week to see how that, uh, how, how everyone is utilized on that Jets offense before I kind of trust anyone at the very least, I'd wait a week going to the Detroit side of things. Um, well, Detroit should win this game. Detroit is heavily favored. They're at home and the Jets were 0 and four against the NFC last season. Uh, so the Lions look like they're in good shape coming into this one. Matthew Stafford is my start of the game. Uh, the Jets had the 23rd ranked uh, defense last year and the 21st ranked pass defense last year. I don't think they did anything to get any better in uh, either of those categories either. So I definitely think the Lions are going to throw the ball and have success doing so. Uh, Matthew Stafford has a plethora of options. He has Golden Tate. He has uh, Kenny Galladay and he has Marvin Jones. Uh, it's interesting to hear some of the the 
the takes there on on kind of how practice reps and practice snaps have gone, who's taken which which snaps with which team, the first team, the second team. It sounds like Kenny Galladay's in the mix. Either way, all three of those guys are going to be options. I expect Stafford to spread the ball around pretty significantly. So while I uh, I would be okay with starting any of those wide, wide receivers, um, I would give them a yellow light. I would just say that they're probably all flex options at this time. I wouldn't rely on them to be anything more. Golden Tate's probably a guy, if you drafted early, you probably drafted him as maybe being a little bit more. If you waited on wide receiver, maybe banking on him being a wide receiver two or three for you depending on where you drafted him. Um, And I don't know that he's going to live up to that. So I would temper expectations with him a little bit. The tight end position is an interesting one for the Lions. We're going to kind of learn a little bit more about that as that goes and how they utilize that position. That's probably the one position I'm staying away from in Detroit until I see how they utilize their tight ends and who's going to be the main beneficiary of that. So um, that's where I would go with that game. Again, Matthew Stafford is my start of the game for sure, though. So all three of those Lions wide receivers, they're probably not all three going to have good games. If you had to pick one that you think is going to be the odd man out this week, which one would it be? For me, honestly, it would be Marvin Jones. Um, if you look at Marvin Jones' target, if you look at his target share when Kenny Galladay is healthy, it is significantly less. It's um, over three targets less per game. So I think with Kenny Galladay being healthy, Marvin Jones sees less targets. And if he doesn't, if, if he's not as efficient as he was last year, if he doesn't haul in a target and average almost 23 yards per tar- per, per reception, um, I, I don't know that he's going to be significant. So I would say that that would be the one that I would temper my expectations with. Also, with Kenny Galladay, the great thing is is that he's probably the team's best red zone threat. Um, he's probably the biggest receiver that they have. And I'm, again, with me questioning what's going to happen at tight end, I think that's a guy that could see some uh, some touchdown value as well. And I think I think Detroit's going to score a lot of those in this game. So, um, yeah, if I had to guess, I would say that Marvin Jones is probably the one that I'm most hesitant about going into this one. So are you starting Kenny Galladay straight up over Marvin Jones? If I have both, I am starting Kenny Galladay straight up, yes. Ooh-wee. Wow, nice. I don't know that I agree with it, but I love it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's why they call him the gambler. <laughs> do they? <laughs> they do now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last game on uh, the other Monday nighter, and uh, it's the, the L.A. Rams at the Oakland Raiders. Jared Goff gets the brightest shade of green known to man from me. He's the, my start of the week. No Khalil Mack means no pass rush unless you think Bruce Irvin can do it alone. The Raiders were 25th against quarterbacks last year when they had Mack. So nothing in the secondary. Goff is three deep at wide receiver. The only knock against him here is the possibility of a blowout with Goff handing off in the third quarter and wearing a ball cap uh, in the fourth quarter. But I'm still starting him over Jimmy Garoppolo, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, among others. For the rest of the Rams, green lights all around. Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks are must-starts. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are excellent uh, excellent flex plays. And even Gerald Everett could be a good streaming option. Uh, plenty of PPR points to go around between carries, catches, yards, and scores as the Rams test the high limit of the scoreboard. Derek Carr... So there's Wade Phillips, Aaron Aaron Donald, Akib Talib, Marcus Peters, and Dominican Sue. Need I say more? How about this one? John Gruden. He's made a complete mess out of this team before the season even begins. Mm-hmm. And they start the Neo Gruden era with the most talented defense in the league. 
led by arguably the greatest defensive mind in the league. There's nothing to like about Carr. I'll definitely take Blake Bortles, Mitchell Trubisky. I started Nick Foles over him, believe it or not. And uh, I don't totally regret that. Uh, that that wasn't great, but Andy Dalton, I'm starting over him. And I might even take my chance with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill, and Sam Darnold. Uh, I just I don't see a path for Derek Carr here. And I'm benching all my Raiders if I can. This could get ugly. Uh, maybe Doug Martin breaks a long run, or Marshawn Lynch falls into the end zone, or Jared Cook nickels and dimes his way to 10-plus catches. But I'm not counting on any of it. I think this one's all Rams. I'm starting all my Rams, and I'm doing my best to bench all of my Raiders. Yeah, you know I love Amari Cooper, but he's a wide receiver sit for me this week as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a rough. That's rough, man. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think he probably sees Tlaib. Um, it, maybe he gets a little Marcus Peters, but that's not much better. So right, right, yeah. yeah. With that, we're going to wrap it up for week one in the NFL. But as we do so, we're going to ask you for that same quick favor to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And on iTunes, give us a rating and review, if you would, please. Uh, those uh, those rating and reviews help us to expand our reach and grow our audience, get out to more people and involve more people in the conversation so that we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. Although the format is going to be pretty well set for this uh, for the season, as we do uh, mainly waivers and uh, uh, buys and sells early in the week, and then matchups here later in the week. But we're still going to find some time to analyze trades and take listener questions. So as far as those trades go, send us your trades on Twitter at Superflex Show, so we can help you. We can retweet them and uh, get them out to more people, help you get more votes and more advice, and like I said, sometimes even analyze them right here on the podcast. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts mega feed and get, get access to all the great podcasts from DLF, including this one, and another show that you should definitely, definitely consider uh, subscribing to. And uh, after you do that, also please give a rate and review to the Travis NFL Fantasy Football Show. Travis going solo. He's going five days a week right now and uh, talking about all of everything that's going on in the fantasy world. Uh, Five days a week in 30 minutes or fewer every single episode. And finally, follow Travis. He's at Travis NFL. James is at underscore James the Brain. And I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Best of luck in week one. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye. Yeah.